Hey, Andrew. Hello, listeners. Hi, listeners. Hey, guys. <laughs> you may not Good, recognize uh, our voices, but we are, in fact, back again. The Podcasting Guild, brought to you by Eric, which is myself, and Andrew. That's me. That's him. What's up, guys? The gentleman with the plan. We're here to talk about Babylon 5 with you. While he twirls his mustache. Wow. Did, I don't... So, you're, I was twirling my mustache. How <laughs> did you know that? I uh, was given some powers by Mr... Ironheart as well. I got well, light to the face. Use them more responsibly, Eric. <laughs> You're going to make us normies feel very uncomfortable flaunting them like that. That's why I wear gloves all the time, obviously. <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot of my favorite villains are Psycor villains. Mm-hmm. And today's episode was no exception. <laughs> I thought this guy was, I don't know, he was just sort of this small, squirrely looking guy. And yet, once again, just the way he talked with this super calm menace, like Mm -hmm. it worked. It worked for me. I thought it was super effective. I thought it was really kind of amazing how this little dude took up all the air in the room (laughs) in almost every scene he was in. So, yeah, just opening with that, opening with that. That's my opening statement. That's quite the opening gambit, sir. Quite the opening Opening gambit. gambit. (laughs) Oh, well, let's backtrack a little bit and mention that this episode is Soulmates. I think season two, episode eight. That is correct. We're taking a look at Soulmates from the second season of Babylon 5. An episode with ample amounts of Lando Malari, perhaps making up for the fact that he wasn't very much in a lot of the first few episodes of the season. Oh, yeah. This is a Lando episode. And I wouldn't say it reflects particularly well on him, but that is pretty standard for Lando episodes. Indeed. Indeed. There's, there's not many episodes where Lando's plot is the A plot where you come away thinking like, yeah, he's a solid dude. <laughs> that Lando, he's, he's a good guy. And, and yeah. But we open with a Veer and Garibaldi scene, which <laughs> I loved. We don't get too many of those. And those are that's like my two favorite characters, basically, mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm smiling every time they're on the screen. And so I loved to get a little bit of Veer Garibaldi banter. <laughs> In the yeah. in the opening there, Veer working on his welcome for Londo's three wives as he's been sent to collect them from customs. Our favorite starting scene in Babylon Five, and uh, Garibaldi is coming up to him asking, "What the hell are you doing, man?" Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, that's right. Like practicing his. <laughs> it's an honor to meet you. Yeah. It's an honor to meet you. <laughs> he was doing a terrible job, I have he to was. say. For someone who's been rehearsing that, it sounded terrible. Yeah, yeah. Garibald has a little fun with him on it. He's like, uh, you have a better chance of uh, meeting ladies at the bar than uh, in the customs area. Yeah, I'm here to pick up women. Yeah. Yeah, you'd have a better chance of that. that, that I mean, that one was a little bit lukewarm. But overall, overall, I, I love the energy of the scene. And that first wife, and I don't remember, I don't remember any of their names, and I'm sorry mm-hmm. in advance for that. But that first one with the red lipstick and the outside of iron with the heart of gold. Yep. She comes in like a hurricane. And yeah. it's just like. She's feisty, up. that one. I like that oh, one. Yeah. She's feisty. Oh, yeah. She's a feisty one to mom. And then we cut, I think, right from that 
Or no, hold on, nope, hold on. Nope. There was a there was a brief yeah. Suspicious Garibaldi. That's right. <laughs> Garibaldi sees an interaction where someone's getting chewed out. Mm-hmm. And then they the person yelling at them suddenly stops and is like, What was I saying? Right. Yep. And the guy was very Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in a world with psychics, that's super suspicious, yeah. you know? And you get the Suspicious Garibaldi stared at theme. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and then we get the theme, and then the opening credit is Londo just partying it up. Right. Buying another round of drinks mm-hmm. in a great mood. Londo's having a party. Clearly foreshadowing that this is going to be a Londo episode. Celebrating like there's no tomorrow. Strap in, y'all. Here we go. Yep. It's Londo time. That's Londo. And then uh, we get a bit more of the B plot with Talia, and we find out that, of course, it's another episode where Talia is going to be dealing with some emotional damage. Oh my God. Talia gets put through the <laughs> ringer. They never have any lighthearted plot arcs for Talia. Ivanova's over here braiding hair. Right. <laughs> And Talia's got her abusive exes coming back mentally torture her. Yeah, and I'd just like to point out that, you know, I understand Talia's been through a lot, but she tends to go for guys in authority. Ironheart was one of her teachers at Psychor, and this guy was like a senior mentor for her at Psychor. That's an interesting call out. Yeah. I mean, come on. I have maybe some of this is a little on top i don't want to do any victim blaming here but maybe tolly has a got a type well you know that yeah. was one of the themes or not, maybe not a th- maybe theme is too strong but something that londo called out mm-hmm. was how some of his wives are these women attracted to power right 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 but yeah i don't know if that's what they meant to us to take away from this winters <laughs> yeah you gotta feel for Talia always getting beat up on these episodes. At least the last few she's been Part, put, she's through, been the put through the ringer. Yeah. She yeah, she never has a nice breezy hair braiding episode. <laughs> <laughs> she's either not in an episode or she's having a bad time. Right. <laughs> that she is. This episode was kind of dark, honestly. There were definitely dark undertones to it for sure. Totally. And as much as Londo was talking about, oh, moths to a flame or whatever, these women are attracted to power. And and then one of his wives, it's, it seems like, did some poisoning of him. But despite that, what I took away most from this episode was the intense power dynamic between Londo and these wives mm-hmm. and how he functionally had the power to take everything away from them. And that's just how this was. Yeah, I mean... It's kind of painting a picture of what high Victorian society was probably like. Yeah. With arranged marriages and what have you, just between power families and who really had the power relationship. So clearly a patriarchal society in the case of the Centauri. Totally. Well, and you know, Lando kept describing them as bloodsuckers and how, <laughs> how much they've emptied from his savings. And yeah. He's not a very reliable narrator to begin with. True, true. But also, like, it's so easy to imagine this kind of situation just being absolutely oppressive. Mm-hmm. You know, between this and Talia's very tense, manipulative scenes she had with her ex, it felt like a pretty dark episode to me. Mm-hmm. Talk overall. about emotional manipulation with this stoner guy. I mean, that's that's his gig there. This, yeah, yeah, for real. 
Uh, yeah, Stoner. That was that was uh, what Winter's X. What was it, Matt? Matt Stoner. Matt Stoner. Yeah. I did love the wives, though. Mm-hmm. I thought they were great. All three of them <laughs> I thought were fabulous. And you basically had one that was sick of Lando's bullshit. Right. And, you know, the plot helps you come to this conclusion. But even without that scene where she's clearly shown to be like the best of the three, mm-hmm. she was still my favorite. Not taking Lando's bullshit. <laughs> you know in that first scene where all three of them were together or maybe just two of them yeah that was great anyway i also alluded to this but there's a great little couple of scenes with ivanova and delane <laughs> where delane can't figure out what to do with hair and ivanova you know helps her brush it and introduces her to the concept of bathing yeah <laughs> i love this little bit i love this little slice of life scene i think it does a lot to like make the world seem Mm three-dimensional and i haven't made a secret that i'm not in love with the delaying growing hair (laughs) plot arc but but i do kind of love this sort of exploration of okay we we did a silly thing what's a quasi realistic consequence of that silly thing we did and let's like explore that a little bit and so i i really appreciated the probably like four minutes of screen time or whatever yeah they gave to this little yeah it was this little relationship great callback to that and like you say the slice of life and, and making it a bit more real for people uh, in terms of what it would be like to grow hair all of a sudden after being bald your entire life and not knowing what to do with that and uh, it also kind of gives them a bit of cover for why her hair has been so bad because she doesn't know what she's doing you know that's a good point although i was thinking her hair has actually been looking fine Mm -hmm. maybe they should have had this happen a few episodes earlier because like (laughs) even in her first reveal she came out looking pretty put together Mm -hmm. but anyway that's pretty minor Londo, he was 100% Londo. He was serving. I'm not saying he was out of character or poorly written, but I was not loving <laughs> what he was presenting this episode. It was pretty freaking skeevy. Yeah. And he really directed a level of vitriol towards these three women that did not seem deserved. Okay. Okay. One did poison him. <laughs> and that's fair. But he didn't know beforehand that she was going to poison him and he was still being awful towards her and everyone else. And he sort of implies that, oh, it's because she sleeps around and so he has no obligation to treat her with any amount of kindness. But we have seen entire episodes about Lando trying to get his. Mm-hmm. And anyway, the hypocrisy is is really something there. So yeah, I did not find the sort of vitriol that Londo directed at those women at all justified, which yeah. is really what made me come around to, um, I don't know, the, I don't remember. What's that? What's the woman's name? The one with the red lipstick? Uh, Timal. The, Timal, thank you. Yeah. yeah. I was team Timal. Yep. That's, that's what yeah, I'm saying she, here. The feisty one was the best. The feisty one. And I did love how awkward Veer looked, like <laughs> as all these women were fighting yeah yeah he was there in the background yeah it was really funny did you uh catch jakar breaking the fourth wall a little bit and talking about sinclair leaving and so there's a scene in there where jakar comes up oh, to yeah. sheridan like oh how are you settling in and sheridan's complaining about people always asking him that and then jakar's <laughs> like oh well it wouldn't be at all suspicious for you just 
randomly disappeared at some post on Mimbar and never come it's back so with no true. explanation. I mean, I've been making stepdad jokes this whole season, but it feels like the writers kind of also, you know, intuitively <laughs> understand, right? They they have yeah. all these characters be like, you're not also going to go out for cigarettes, are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not also leaving, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it is nice that they have a nod to that. And I have to admit, Sinclair is a—he's a—he's a fine commander, right? He—he—he he, he, he does a great job. Or wait, did I say Sinclair? He did. He did. Look, look at me! Look at me! Even—even even trying to concede, it, I just make these Freudian slips. No, I'm still not okay with that. <laughs> Bring back Sinclair, damn it! Yeah. Oh man. What else? Hey, okay. There's a pawn shop inspector dude in this episode. And sometimes you you tell me interesting things about the actors. Was that dude an alien in Men in Black? He was. He was also in the Adams Family, the nineties oh, version. Yes, that makes that makes yeah. a lot of sense. And in Men in Black, he was one of the aliens that was a yeah. security guard yeah. for one of the other guys. I thought don't it, don't doesn't like he and another alien have a conversation in a cafe. Yep, the other alien is and, the one that's like. The little tiny guy is piloting the old man. That's right. That's yeah. right. And his cat has like the galaxy. On right. Yep. Yeah. That's right. So that's that actor. <laughs> Gary, oh, you man. caught it. You caught. Yeah, I caught it. He's a very he's a very distinctive looking man. But yeah, yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. He's... I think I saw that guy fifteen years ago. Yeah. In a Will Smith movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, his um, name is, let's see here, Carol Stryken. <laughs> something. Yeah, he sounded like Danish. He's or Danish. Or... Yeah, he's Danish. Wow, really? I and I can't believe I guessed that accent. Right? He's still acting. He, he was. Is he really? Good for him. At a role in last year, actually. Had a, looks like a film of some sort. Last year, Good class for him. 85. But yeah, he's actually, interestingly, the link between the winters and her ex plot Mm -hmm. and the londo trying oh oh we never actually said it you guys probably know already but the plot with londo is that the emperor gave him permission to divorce two out of his three wives right and so he's picking which one he wants to keep and that is in the incredibly awkward and skeevy basis (laughs) context in which these three women are meeting with londo but yeah, basically, Talia Winter's ex brings this statue thing to this uh, Men in Black alien pawn shop inspector. And then one of Londo's wives later comes and picks it up mm-hmm. and gives it to him as a gift. And as soon as he touches it, it basically poisons him. Right. And, and you know, he, he is now poisoned. <laughs> Oh, wait, hold on. I'm skipping through the worst scene of the episode, which <laughs> I definitely want to mention. Well, in that scene where Londo is receiving his gifts, they also made yeah. a call back to Lanier and him going out gambling because Lanier gave him a pack of marked cards. Oh, my God, I wrote that down. And I marked him exactly as you asked. Yeah. <laughs> and Londo's like, yeah, thank you for saying that out loud. Thank I you. thought that was a little fun callback. That was beautiful. Yeah. Loved that. But yeah, maybe just before this scene or a couple scenes before that, mm. we have Londo uh, basically trying to arrange 
a <laughs> a group sex session <laughs> with his wives. One of which is like, yeah, whatever Londo wants, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to be the one he picks. And then one who thinks she's his favorite is, wait a minute, what are these other people doing here? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, what's her name? Not Talia. Uh, Tanya? No. What's, Tamal. What's the... Tamal, thank you. And then Tamal's like, you're disgusting and yeah. I'm not doing this. And that was the scene where I was like, hell yeah, Tamal. Mm-hmm. What's up? What's up? Yeah. But that scene really, I mean, it's it, it, it <laughs> made the whole sort of domestic nightmare, you know, situation really, really front and center. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that scene was wholly necessary, to be honest, because like <laughs> it was already an uncomfortable situation. Maybe that helped get us on Tamal's side. I remember until that scene, I wasn't quite sure what to make of her. And that yeah. was the scene I was like, OK, yeah, Tamal's all right. So maybe that was the point there. Mm. But yeah, that one, I was like, what the hell, Londo? Yeah. You were my favorite character for the whole first <laughs> season, man. What are you doing right now? <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Before we get too far away from it, we should oh, yeah. circle back a little bit on the Talia storyline. One of the issues I had with it was mm-hmm. Garibaldi and his approach. He was like super overprotective wannabe boyfriend slash parent in this where yeah, I would agree with that. he was confronting stoner before he even did anything <laughs> and like warning him off of talking to talia <laughs> which i thought was kind of skeevy himself doing that and rightfully yeah, so I talia was kind of pissed that. with him about that well and he has been shown to be a pretty savvy operator mm-hmm. he keeps his cards close to his chest and even later in this this episode he pulled one over on the psychic yeah so I agree with you. That was pretty ham-fisted. And maybe it was ham-fisted on purpose. You know, they did have Talia call him out for it. Mm-hmm. I also thought it was hilarious how blatantly ineffectual it was. I don't think it was yeah. a hard cut from him threatening the ex to not see Talia to the ex visiting Talia. It wasn't like the next scene, but it was it was yeah. pretty it, quick. They were pretty close together, those two scenes. Yeah, they, they, it was pretty <laughs> obvious that it was absolutely ineffectual. Yeah. Yeah. But I like I said, I thought the ex did a great job mm-hmm. of being this pretty intimidating villain. And a really interesting telepathic psychic power that he had. He didn't read people's minds so much as make them feel a certain way about things. It's true. Which yeah. is a very interesting power to have. It's true. He did wield it with all the subtlety of a rhinoceros. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You'd think if your power relied on you manipulating people, you'd not be so obviously smugly manipulating everyone to bring you lunch a little bit early, you know, (laughs) stuff like that, which, and honestly, that's actually in character for a lot of the, um, uh, psychor operators we've seen. A lot of them are like way overconfident and, yeah, they, uh, they, they view themselves as better than... Yeah. No, it's absolutely true. I've made this exact comment with Bester before. Like, dog, if you're psychic, you should be way better with people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have terrible for sure. people skills for someone who can read minds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you were going to mention what you thought was the worst scene in the episode. What was that? Uh... Oh, it was the Londo trying to hook up the three oh, or okay, four okay. some whatever right. scene. That, right. that Yeah. 
I just I felt dirty watching that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was the point. Yeah. But man, Londo. Yeah, Lon, Lon, if they're making Londo an antagonist, they're doing a good job of it. Mm. I I do not find him a very sympathetic character anymore. <laughs> For sure. Again, making deals with Space Satan <laughs> is obviously bad. Yeah. But these, the, the, you know, the, where, where he's sort of flaunting this social power dynamic he has over mm-hmm. these women and, uh, you know, is basically gleefully telling them that he's going to take everything they have. And I know in the end that, you know, he gives them an allowance or something. Yeah. But. Honestly, that's just the writers being cowardly. Guys, if you're going to use this kind of uh, societal oppression to build your plot, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Maybe, I'm just kidding. I don't think they should have made him even crueler. I just, I don't know. Yeah, I said it a few mm-hmm. times. I didn't, I didn't find Londo's behavior very admirable at all. I think that's a fair assessment uh, yeah. of Londo. Which breaks my heart. You can see his mannerisms have started to change. Over the last few episodes at the start of the season here, where it has a darker undertones just in general in terms of his mannerisms. How excited and gleeful he was about getting the divorce and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, even though it was played in part for humor, there were still dark undertones to it uh, from, from the viewing of it in that sense. Yeah, very true. Very true. Honestly, a lot of his sort of complaints about his wives harken back to those old sitcoms. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of like maybe Married with Children and what's that other one? Bang, bam, zoom, straight to the moon. That that one. Um, you know where where the, the you know again like the power dynamic is sort of yeah. played very lightheartedly, mm-hmm. and the husbands sort of pained complaints are are mostly comedy like it yeah. londo seems to be a reflection of that there's sort of a, a rather dark reality behind that mm-hmm. but it's played re- pretty lightly a lot of his lines are clearly meant to be comedic you know? right it's, it's not meant to be like this serious contemplation on domestic violence or mm-hmm. anything like that right mm-hmm. anyway yeah the best scene for londo in the entire episode is the end scene with tamav i think that is gives you a glimpse of who he used to be in terms of a heartfelt comment and kind of where he was coming from in terms of why he went with Timov in the end. You know, yeah. I think that was season one Londo coming through there in terms of like, hey, nice, happy-go-lucky guy. and But the rest of it was him kind of not putting on airs per se, but definitely had the darker undertones of season two Londo throughout the rest of the episode, even though it was played for comedy to a large extent. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think it obviously made Londo seem pretty savvy in mm. that he was he correctly chose yeah. the one wife who had at least some amount of his interests at heart. Right, right. Even though they don't necessarily get along per se, they definitely look out for each other and tolerate each other and right, try totally. to make it work. Although, man, she didn't deserve him. Yeah. She was haughty, but mm. that was really her only sin. <laughs> it was like having an imperious British accent, basically. <laughs> she'd be fun for verbal sparring matches for sure (laughs) yeah and that was one of the highlights of this episode for me was the verbal sparring between between the wives and everything they were great all three of them i thought were fantastic uh yeah this episode they were great one other minor complaint i had was after 
Marielle, who was the one that really liked Men of Power, which you find out yeah. a little bit more about that at the end of the episode as well. Who, who boinged Jakar. Yeah. yeah. Which brings up another question we'll get to in a second. But. Oh, Lord. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. But okay, yep. When her gift poisons Londo, he gets taken over to Med Lab, right? And oh, my God. I think I know where you're going. It's bugged <laughs> the hell out of me. This, this is just a Batman 5 thing. It happens in so many other TV series, both the ERs and sci-fi series. It's all over the place. But Franklin's saying his metabolism is increasing exp- exponentially. <laughs> if that was the case, he would have been dead instantly. <laughs> Your heart rate increasing exponentially you would explode it within a second. It's so like, that's not what I thought you were going to say. So I have another thing to add, but I agree with you. The word exponentially is way overused. Yes. I think it's overused so much that I think you could make a legitimate argument that it has two definitions. <laughs> That like there's the actual mathematical definition yeah. of exponential, and then there's the the way that people yeah. just employ it all the time to mean it gets bigger, right? In a way that seems pretty quick to me. Yeah. <laughs> what I wanted to add is okay. Lando gets poisoned mm-hmm. by what is heavily implied to basically be a weapon of war, a weapon that the Jakar insurgency deployed, right? Yeah. And what's the cure? What's the cure? Oh, just a blood transfusion. Yeah. Blood transfusion. It's like, like, I don't know. It really seemed the cure to this had to just be something to make Tamal look good, like something yeah. Tamal could offer. It did not track with me that this was some ancient, or not ancient, but like dangerous weapon that had to be trafficked from a, the forbidden zone. <laughs> and it's going to do things to you, and they're really bad things. And oh, Oh, you got a blood trip. Well, then you're fine. Yeah, yes. no, blood transfusion, you're going to be totally fine. Never mind. Yeah. No, it's fine. Now now it's just a statue. Yeah, as long <laughs> as you get a blood trip. I don't know. It really undercut these sort of, <laughs> and what were you doing in the Forbidden Zone? Haven't you wondered why they abandoned it? And <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. It, the actual thing did not really deliver because <laughs> a quick blood transfusion that she was like totally fine after. Yeah, I think it was just there to help really put the the tail on the donkey with him off and say hey she's the one that really cares for long oh definitely like yeah definitely to emphasize the difference i think yeah, between the women for sure the one being an actual snake that's willing to poison him the other just jumping on anything she could to keep his favor being like mm-hmm. oh actually you could say it's from all of us yeah and then the third one being so sick of his nonsense <laughs> but also willing to do the right thing yeah so uh, the Winters and her ex plot arc, that basically wrapped up. This one was, I found very satisfying mm-hmm. with him confronting Talia to convince her to leave the Psycor with him. Or the, so he says, at least. Right. And, you know, he knows how she's, you know, how she can get out, which he finds very tempting, which I found this interesting because they've sort of been hinting at her growing disillusionment with the Psycor. Yeah. But to have someone who presumably knows her well come out and say, I know you want to leave and for her to like confirm. I was curious how he came to that conclusion if he hadn't seen her in so long. No, absolutely. I mean, just earlier this very season, we we saw scenes highlighting Talia's loyalty to the Mm Psycor. Yeah. 
Anyway, uh, that it seemed like a big step for Talia as a character to sort of say out in the open, I want to leave Psychor. Yes. I find the prospect of leaving very tempting, so tempting that I'm willing to trust and go along with someone that clearly do not like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was a, a very interesting or you know, very big step in, in Talia's sure. character. Sure. So he convinces her once and... So after he talks to her at the dinner table or convinced her the first time, Garibaldi, you know, was like, hey, I told him not to mess with you. And she's, yeah, that worked great. Thanks for that. But also maybe stay out of this. Right. But then the next scene that we see the two of the men, she's clearly had a change of heart Mm -hmm. and she's approached. She's not being nearly as combative, which makes the next scene. And I say next scene like these are all one after another, but they're, they're of course, interspaced with the hair braiding and, and, you know, all the Londo nonsense. But basically in the next scene, we again see her confronted by her ex and he again is trying to convince her and she sort of declines and declines and declines and then he jedi mind tricks her she's like oh i'd love to go with you mm-hmm. and that's a punch in the gut because given the last scene we saw her with garibaldi where she seems very much more open to his <laughs> hearing his perspective on things yeah ha- having him basically use his evil jedi powers to trick her is, is definitely her, her darkest hour or it seems to be mm-hmm. until it's revealed in the following scene that that was all a setup. Basically, what as he leaves the room, I think Garibaldi just clocks him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you got. You got like knocks punch him the out. suspect, yes. right? <laughs> oh my god! You know, I had something that bugged me about this episode <laughs> is how loose Garibaldi is with his use of violence and coercion. Yeah. And of course, he's right. Of course, the guy that he is directing this violence towards deserves it you mm-hmm. know, because the episode is written so that he's the bad guy. But it, yeah, it is a little uncomfortable to see <laughs> someone who like the head of security being so wanton with, you know, like it's fine if he suspected him. I agree with you though, dude, it was pretty, pretty impulsive to pull him into a room before he had done anything mm-hmm. and just talk to him threateningly and be like, I'll be watching you. It's be suspicious. Just keep it to yourself. Yeah, like don't keep an you know, eye on him. Yeah, keep an eye yeah. on him. I don't see how threatening him helped you at all. Mm-hmm. Anyway, if anything, it just marked you out as a guy to be wary of. And then, of course, Stoner came back at him a couple times with some quips on various topics, like how Talia is in situations. Oh my God, I forgot. <laughs> Getting about under that. Garibaldi's That's true. skin. That was also really. That was also really skeevy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that also went a ways to show how very little. He- he actually you know that he didn't really care about tally at all yep so later when he's trying to convince her it's it's clear as day that it is like a you know a trick right right and then lo and behold he gets rescued by psychor at the end (laughs) (laughs) well that's true they revealed that they figured out that he did not leave psychor that he's working for psychor Mm -hmm. Which makes his offers to help her escape Psychor doubly sinister. Right. <laughs> but that was very satisfying that they sort of revealed, hey, we people watching on the monitor, and if we start acting like your friends, they're going to come <laughs> and shoot you. I was like, yeah, that's that's exactly why you shouldn't be flaunting your mental powers to get out of the tongue lash, right, dude. Right. Like, it's <laughs> exactly why you need to keep them cards a little close to your chest. Yeah, makes you wonder psychic, if... Bro. 
maybe Mr. Bester's playing uh, the, the puppet master behind the scenes there, trying to, to figure things out. Yeah, I mean, anytime Psychor is involved, I kind of assume. Because, <laughs> you know, isn't Bester the biggest the biggest bad of the Psychor we've met so far? So far, he's a pretty well-to-do Psychop. Yeah, totally. So. I'm, I'm sure there's someone in a chair with the light behind them so you can't <laughs> see their face and they're silhouetted. You know, there's probably someone like that, but yeah. yeah. And then, of course, we find out that the poisoning of Londo wasn't an accident. It was, in fact, one of his wives. And that wife happens to also be hooking up with Jakar, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And to be sure, we are aware of Jakar's predilection for Centauri females, as he has had a couple scenes where... <laughs> I remember one in particular where Natoth comes in looking for him and then a bunch of girls just leave his, his chambers while she's walking in. You know, I was going to comment, this is not the first scene we have had with Chakar where he's in a robe, yeah. clearly post-coital. Like, we get a lot of intimate moments with Chakar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe too many. I don't know. I don't know. That, that robe had a deep, deep V. Mm-hmm. you have to imagine that andreas katsoulis who is the actor playing jakar had a fun day in the makeup chair with that because you could see like a big chunk of his chest oh it's yeah. all in makeup oh, yeah you know <laughs> i i bet it took a long time it, 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 i've said this before but i wonder if it's part of the reason that we don't see jakar in a lot of episodes yeah because the makeup be is so extensive and probably time consuming yeah i wouldn't be surprised and so one of his wives was hooking up with Jakar. Well, like, again, we've seen at least two entire episodes dedicated to Londo being a hound dog. Mm-hmm. So, granted, she also poisoned him, and that's not cool. But I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for her boinking Jakar, you know. <laughs> you have that's to wonder if this Londo. is, like, a, a common thing for ambassadors. Like, Jakar's doing it, Londo's doing it. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking the UN is, like, is like band camp. <laughs> You know, it's like <laughs> those old, you know, old National Lampoon movies yeah, or something, could, you know? Could be, yeah. could be. Everyone's just hooking up. I don't know. I don't know. There's a few things where you just hear stories about everyone being, I don't know what the word, not not deviants because that, that has a judgmental angle. I don't, promiscuous. Yeah, everyone's hooking up and... <laughs> You know, you always hear, oh, yeah, at the, at the Olympics, everyone's just having sex because they're all athletes and they're at the Olympics. <laughs> I remember hearing that about the Renaissance Fair, like, oh, yeah, all the Ren Fair actors, they all have sex. And I don't know. I've never been to the Olympics and I've never worked for a Renaissance Fair. Maybe it's true. It just seems like the kinds of stories that people have about everything. So that's, that's my comment on uh, if I think Babylon 5 is actually a nest of... Uh, <laughs> ambassadors blinking well didn't bender want the uh, space station with sex drugs and and hookers or something like that and yeah yeah, yeah five seems like the place for him with blackjack yeah. and hookers yeah exactly. you know what you know what forget the space station <laughs> oh, yeah. and then we have a little fun end to the episode where deland is apparently having menstrual cramps now and doesn't know what to do <laughs> oh yeah yeah, another another exact like lighthearted um oh what what it is to be human. Yeah. 
And Ivanova's pained face at the end there was, <laughs> was perfect. It's exactly what I want from Ivanova. Yeah. Ivanova's having a fun time explaining that, I'm sure. Yeah, overall, I mean, I liked this episode. I thought its villain was very effective. I thought its themes were pretty effective. Mm-hmm. It's making my boy Londo a, a shade darker, but right. I guess that's the, the path they're going there, so I'll make peace with that. Yep. Where I miss his casino scams, man. I want more Londo <laughs> casino scams. Question for you. Yeah. Obviously, most of the first season were predominantly bottle episodes. They don't have a lot tying them all together. But the first handful of episodes in the second season, there's definitely a clear through line with them. Obviously, last like three or four episodes have all been having undertones of psychor involvement and then other things going on tying things together like that so what do you kind of think of that and kind of how they're doing that so far i actually think they're doing a great job because like the the episodes do stand on their own Mm -hmm. but then if you pay attention it rewards you yeah and i think that's honestly the best of both worlds and i'm not great at paying attention you've pointed out a lot of things that Mm -hmm. i've missed but i really appreciate that the writers pay attention to, to how the past choices they've made might impact the the status quo for the for all the characters it helps everything feel you know helps the verisimilitude helps <laughs> everything feel real and yeah it rewards you for paying attention so yeah i i think they're doing a great job honestly in yeah. in terms of like picking up threads and referencing and things that have happened yeah i know i've definitely had some comments that like hey foreshadowing this or bringing up this character a couple episodes ago would have been more effective Mm -hmm. but overall yeah i think they do a pretty good job of picking up threads and and yeah yeah i don't know what else to add (laughs) yeah it's just interesting to kind of see the differences between the first two seasons and how this the series is really starting to grow into its own now uh, with mm-hmm. the second season here and the next episode is a pretty important big one in the continuity of things and not to okay. set the uh expectations any um it did win a hugo award the next episode did it really best, no kidding best dramatic presentation no kidding okay well set, setting the bar quite high there yeah hugo is not exactly a huge award but in the sci-fi space it's pretty well known. Yeah, what do you mean it's not a huge award? Well, it's I mean, like one of the only sci fi awards I know of. The general public. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair yeah, fair enough. It's not an Emmy, but a um, Hugo Award's pretty big deal for sci fi franchises. I in fact I, I have to admit I've only heard the Hugo Award applied to books, books yeah. and literature. I did not know that Hugo Awards had categories for television yep, and whatnot. They do. Well that's very interesting. Yeah. Well, I look forward to that. That should be great. Indeed. Yeah, this season I was noting scrolling through the episode titles. There's a lot of episodes about shadows and darkness and mm-hmm. spider webs. It's very, <laughs> it's, it's very ominous episode titles. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because the next episode's title is "The Coming of Shadows." <laughs> yeah, that's that checks out. That checks out. <laughs> well, before we wrap up the episode, who was your favorite character in this episode of Soulmates? That's a great question. That's a great question. I loved every minute of Veer, mm-hmm. but he wasn't in very much, so it does seem a little odd to give this episode to Veer. Mm-hmm. I loved most of Garibaldi, 
Garibaldi did a pretty good job. Ivanova, again, I loved everything with Ivanova, but she only had yeah. a couple quick seconds. I mean, Londo, it was obviously his episode, but I can't say, I can't say he made me smile all that much this episode. <laughs> I don't know. Who is your favorite character? I think I have to give it to Timoth. I mean, she was just... Timoth? You know what? Yeah, yeah obviously. Character. Actually, yes. I'm sorry. I was thinking of our re- recurring protagonist, but you're absolutely you right. You star B crushed it. character of the episode, right? can totally do that and she was like the moral heart of the episode yeah i agree this was tamal's oh and just one other thing i loved dr franklin (laughs) (laughs) giving that last like i don't remember what he said maybe stuff it stuff it like londo was complaining about tamal and he was like yeah because franklin just worked with tamal to save his life (laughs) yeah and swore not to tell him that she had saved his life right Mm-hmm. so i did i did enjoy that oh uh, one other minor complaint i just remembered about the episode whoever is the curator of that 90s exhibit on the station <laughs> i mean there was a blender in the background of the shot and also why was Tali able to touch the guitar that that thing is like an ancient relic it's an exhibit it's an exhibit, it's an exhibit. what are you doing what are you doing <laughs> ah. oh that's so funny <laughs> Oh yeah. my god! So my good call out. Good call Quibble. out. I didn't even like. I I should have clocked that, but I did. That's that's excellent. I mean, that would be like one of us touching, I don't know, George Washington's sword or something like that. Or you know, just an ancient instrument at yeah. a museum. <laughs> you know, you go to like the I don't know Aboriginal or Native American section. You just start like touching all the all the artifacts. Yeah. Like, what are you uh, doing? Yeah. Not gonna go over well. Yeah. Okay. Well, before we call a quits to this episode of the Podcasting Guild, let's slide over to Science Corner. I'm escaping to the one place that hasn't been corrupted by capitalism. Space! Welcome to Science Corner, friends. Thanks, Tim Curry. Thank you, Tim Curry. Thank you, Tim Curry. Thanks. The best. I can't believe he comes into this studio every every time we record. Just I mean, I mean, yeah, he's a great guy. Take. Great guy. Yeah. He's so he's so nice and so generous with his time. Very generous. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Fresh recording every time. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> totally. And then we do shots after. Yeah. It's awesome. He hits it's the awesome. mark every time so too. Cool. It's like. It's, you couldn't tell the difference. I, I don't know. So consistent. Yeah. Such a pro. Such This is a definition pro. of a professional, my friends. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. If you're looking for an excellent voiceover, Tim Curry, I mean, he's <laughs> excellent. And we don't pay him a cent. We yeah. don't pay him a, a single cent. So it's very affordable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, Science Corner. Here yeah. we are. Maybe you heard of this one, but there was a giant green comet passing the planet right now big giant green comet flying through the skies Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's something that hasn't been seen in the orbit of earth since like the time of the paleolithic era or something like that Fifty thousand years or something wasn't it and it won't be here for another fifty thousand years so if you got a telescope you should check it out pretty cool stuff 
That is very cool stuff. Yeah, it has this super highly elliptical orbit. Mm-hmm. Takes it way, 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 way out far. And, and every, I guess, yeah, what I don't remember. 50,000 years sounds right to me. Uh, <laughs> you know, it comes reasonably close to Earth, close enough that with the telescope, you can see Or binoculars that. even. And I think it's oh, certain, really? yeah, certain cool. times of the day, you might, obviously in the, at night, you might be able to catch a glimpse of it on the horizon. Assuming you don't live in Seattle, of course, because it's always cloudy here. Oh, my God. It's just always <laughs> overcast. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's true. There's no chance for either of us to yeah. see this comet. <laughs> I do have a comet fun fact. Oh, okay. You know, for many years, I, like most people, thought that a comet's tail uh, trailed behind it as it traveled. You know, much like some other kind of trail of something you throw. <laughs> uh, but that is actually not the case. The tail always points away from the sun. It is the sun boiling off or cooking off liquids, water, and I think mostly water. But that's basically gases degassing off of the comet. And so it always points radially away from the sun, no matter which direction the comet is traveling. There's my comet fun fact. There's your science fact for the day, folks. You're welcome. Now you're a little bit smarter. A little bit smarter. Share it with your friends. Yeah. Don't tell them you heard it from us. Tell them you knew it. You knew Just it. intrinsically because you're yeah. that smart. That's going to come really handy in pub trivia. Gonna, gonna you know it might. Get you some money with that one right there. <laughs> Quit your job and get rich off pub trivia. There you go. You give the best advice. <laughs> Not financial advice. We can't do that because we're not fiduciary people. So yeah, yeah, no financial yeah. advice. Oh my god, <laughs> I definitely don't consume that media, so I only know of this through secondhand sources. But apparently, it is a trend for for there to be a whole category of social media giving financial advice. And as long as you say this is not financial advice, yeah, at the end, <laughs> you're totally fine. Yep. So yeah. yeah, quit your job and become a professional bar trivia player <laughs> this is not financial advice yes don't don't do that don't do that all right friends and listeners and other people around the world that happen to have randomly tuned into our podcast yeah people that are listening but that are not our friends indeed hey yeah. you jerks <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah i hope, hope, hope everyone enjoyed it thanks for yeah. joining us y'all this was fun just a couple notes here real quick. As I mentioned, next episode we'll be watching is The Coming of Shadows. And for those of you who were watching on HBO Max and due to licensing things changing there, aren't able to see it anymore, you can go and watch it on Amazon Prime. Again, we're not sponsored or anything. We're just giving you some helpful tips on where you can find it if you want to stream it. Or you can do what I do and have DVDs. <laughs> yeah so there's that too do, do you want your season one box set back here <laughs> i'll i'll try and fail to remember to bring it to you okay next time we meet. <laughs> and with that we will bid you adieu any last words andrew oh i think just the usual a good eating to you a good eating to you too